Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey guys, it's Dylan from the future um, at work. Before we get into this podcast, I uh, do just want to give a disclaimer. Uh, Maddie was experiencing a lot of internet difficulties, uh, so he actually dropped out like four or five times. I had to go back and edit that so you guys didn't have to <laughs> deal with the same pain that I went through. Um, he actually had to switch from his computer mic to his phone mic about uh, towards the end of the podcast. So when there's a dip in audio quality, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, enjoy the rest of the episode. Topic Thunder Podcast. I'm your host once again, Dylan at Thunder Chats, and I'm joined by not a new father because he was already a father, but a newly second father. I, I don't know how to say it. He had a baby this weekend. We've got Maddie Mull stepping away for a glimpse of fresh air from the new fatherhood. And Maddie, how the heck are you, man? I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's awesome though, man. We so our baby boy was born on Saturday and it's kind of been a whirlwind since then. Uh, he's already close, uh, cluster feeding for those of you that don't know, that's when they just have to eat like every hour on the hour. And, uh, I'm currently looking at, at potentially getting a second job. You got to prepare for when this kid becomes a teenager and he eats like every teen minutes because I cannot imagine how much this kid is going to freaking consume. He's literally going to eat me out of house and home. Um, so the wife and I still like each other for now. Like that's, that's cool. <laughs> We're it's just positive. navigating this thing, but, uh, yeah. Uh, easier said than done when you're, when you're getting about nine micro naps throughout the course of a day as opposed to just sleeping in overnight. But man, uh, being a football guy, being an NBA guy, the last couple of weeks have had no shortage of news. And today was a lot of fun. I'm really excited to talk about it. Yes, sir. Well, hey, we, we're not going to bury the lead around here. Today was the infamous NBA trade deadline day. And, uh, you know, it started off with a bang. And, you know, we're going to get to, you know, kind of the winners and losers of the, of the trade deadline. But before we do that, this is called Topic Thunder, not Topic NBA. Maybe that happens another time. But today on the Topic Thunder podcast, we're going to be talking about what happened with the Thunder. And first and foremost, we had the trade announced by Adrian Wojnarowski. First of all, just very vague. George Hill has been traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, and of course, you know, that just sends, sends shockwaves through Thunder Twitter. They're like, finally, there it is. The first domino. This is what's going to, you know, kick it off for the Thunder's fire cell. And, you know, we just waited on the details. And the details came. And Matty Mould, do you have those details? Yeah, so we traded uh we traded George Hill and we we ended up getting back um Tony Bradley. We got back Austin Rivers, a 2025 second round pick and a 2026 second round pick. And uh Terrence Ferguson was also involved in this deal, mm-hmm. but he could not come back to us, so he was routed to New York. 
So uh, <laughs> all of us in the Thunder community were like, oh, Ferg season returning 2.0. Let's run it back. Oh, wait, we couldn't actually reacquire him. So yeah, uh, Terrence Ferguson, if you thought that we had him coming back, that is not the case. He is going to New York. Yeah, and honestly, that's kind of a dumb rule. I feel, I feel like if you trade away a player and like somebody else is dumb enough to trade him back, like so be it, you know. <laughs> like obviously, he already has connections with the franchise. He probably knows, you know, where he could stay. If anything, it's easier on the player, you know. I mean, if there, unless there was bad blood, and then you know they probably wouldn't trade for him in the first place. But if a franchise is willing to trade back for him, then I, you know, I feel like they should just let him. But that's just me. But you know, th- there you go, man. George Hill traded from the Thunder. Um, my initial thought was just like, you know, like I said, like this is the first domino. Like this is, you know, the first of many. Like I, I tweeted out the gif of Kylo Ren just screaming more because I-, I wanted more. I wanted more picks. I wanted more assets. I wanted, you know, more trades coming out um, for the Thunder specifically. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I was disappointed, not disappointed that we didn't move anybody or make any other moves, but I was disappointed from my expectations that we was going to move everybody. So, yeah. And and the thing to keep in mind, I, I put this tweet up with, you know, the out and the in and who is staying. We actually kind of got a jump on the trade deadline. We were the first ones to not one move, but two yeah. before some other teams follow suit. So for Riza, that deal happened and uh, Hamadou Diallo, surprisingly that kind of came out of nowhere for most of us yep. and happened. Um, we, we already kind of had a couple of moves. Now some guys that are staying Al Horford did not get moved. Nope. Uh, like Muscala friend of the pod did not get moved. Uh, Kenny hustle, Kenrich Williams and Darius Miller, two guys that we thought uh, Williams actually did have a lot of suitors. There were some people interested in him, uh, but the thunder like him moving forward as a, as an energy guy, as a piece that maybe we could see uh, moving forward. And then Darius Miller, we thought that maybe uh, showcasing him a little bit was going to potentially get him moved, but that just wasn't the case. I didn't even see anything all day about him even being mentioned. So yeah, uh, the Thunder, they, they, they were able to trade George Hill. The writing was on the wall really with him. I mean, he, he was rehabbing and everything, but we, we really thought, hey, you know, we're going to shut him down to trade deadline and then we're going to find some place to get him where he can go compete. So it, it worked out all parties, all parties win. It wouldn't surprise me if Presti went to Hill and said, Hey, we got something in the works for Philly. We're looking to move you to Philly. Any heartburn? No. Cool. Well, we're congratulations. Go, go chase an Eastern conference title. Good luck with the nets. But um, that's uh that's kind of how I vision it went down. Who did you think uh, else out of those guys I mentioned who are staying? Who did you think was going to for sure get moved? If you like gun to your head, if you had to pick one of those other guys, who do you who would you have expected to be that guy? Oh, if I thought anybody else was going to get moved, I thought it was Mike Muscala, just because sure. you know he he's been sitting out, you know, uh, DMP CD, you know, did not play coach's decisions, like he's not hurt, like he's just he, he's not getting run, and um. You know, obviously, it, it hurt me. Like I said on this podcast, I said on Twitter many times, like, I don't want Moose to go, but, like, he deserves better than this. I wanted him to have a shot to play and, you know, compete if that's what he wanted to do. 
come to find out, you know, obviously he's a friend of the pod. I text him from time to time. I try not to bug him. Uh, I tweeted this out because I thought it was important for the Thunder fan base to know. I texted him, you know, just like, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're still here. I'm glad, you know, we didn't trade you um, because I, I think you're great for the culture. I th- think you're great for the locker room. I think you're a great guy. And, you know, I just wanted to, I, was gonna, I told you guys I was going to text him after it all passed, you know, whether it's goodbye or, you know, breathe easy, easy, congrats, like don't be so stressed out anymore. And he said, thank you, my man. I'm so glad to be staying here. Thunder up. And, I mean, Boom. yeah, I mean, like, like I said, you know, I, I just thought it was important for the fan base to see, like, this is a guy that, yeah, he might not play every night. Yeah, he – you know, he might not be able to contribute and show out like he wants to. And he's probably not going to play meaningful basketball in terms of like competing for a championship, at least until the end of his contract. But it's a guy that likes the organization, values the organization and wants to be here. And if you have a guy like that on your team, especially when you're trying to establish this winning culture, um, you know, this good locker room culture as we go through this rebuild, there's no reason to rock the boat and knock him out. So I'm, I for one, am glad Moose is still on this team. So this is a question I, I need to ask. He's an unrestricted free agent going into 2021 off season. And I don't know if you guys can hear my, my son losing his mind downstairs. Um, <laughs> he, he being Mike Muscala, do you think, cause we do right by the player a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So we would have, I'm trying to read the tea leaves here and kind of understand us either the NBA like knows enough about who Mike Muscala is that he would be able to get on as a, as a shooter and, and a guy, a glue guy off the bench and you know, all those things, or um, he would have been better suited to go showcase his talents somewhere to try to get another contract. Me reading the tea leaves. Could he be back next year? Could he be a guy that we, that we, you know, put on a, a reasonable deal, maybe in another like kind of Nick Collison esque type of role to establish the culture here. Hey, it's possible, man. I've, you know, I've, I've been a big proponent of that very sentiment of him being like the next Nick Collison of being the next Mr. Thunder, just, you know, being that end of the bench locker room leadership culture guy. And obviously, you know, it's not going to cost you a lot, probably vet minimum, keep him around as long as he wants to be around and i think it does come down to what moose wants like if moose wants to go you know have another chance to compete have a chance to you know get more shots or maybe get a bigger payday than that minimum because you know it's it's not a great free agency class right now um so you know if he wants to go out there and you know maybe get a mid-level for a team that needs shooting needs spacing you know more power to him but like i said if it's if you have a guy that wants to be here you know he's not rocking the boat man let him be here so uh yeah i'm i'm happy moose is here and i'd be happy if he retired here so that, that's my take on moose uh enough going wax poetic on moose you know <laughs> it's it's no uh it's no secret how much we like Moose and how much we value him in the organization, and especially as a podcast. But there were some other things that went down today. So even though the Thunder didn't make any more trades, they were not done making moves on the day. Um, in yep. that in that trade that we traded George Hill, we acquired, as Maddie said, Tony Bradley and Austin Rivers. 
We had 17 men on the roster that made it 18. We had to go and cut somebody, weigh somebody, free up a roster spot um, in order to, you know, meet the league's mandates on that. So who else? Mm-hmm. The racist Myers Leonard. <laughs> wave, mm-hmm. wave Myers Leonard. And, uh, yeah, so long, good riddance. You know, the only reason we got him was to match contracts with Trevor Reza to acquire that second-round pick. Um and the fact that we was able to get something out of Trevor Reza, just astonishing. So, uh, goodbye, good riddance. And I would not be surprised if he doesn't play in the league ever again. Uh, definitely uh, not this year. Yeah. I don't. He's not getting on with anybody this year. I could see maybe a blitz to try to rehabilitate his his image in the off season, um, something like that, and then maybe try to get on with the team at a minimum deal and kind of keep his head down. I don't know. Um, Very, very interesting there. But when we acquired him, we led with the second round pick. We said that he was never going to be a part of our organization moving Mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that, that goes to show like, yeah, that's a hundred percent. Very, very talented player. Great, great shooter, all those things, but not part of what we want to represent in our culture and, and all those things. And so we moved, we moved quickly and decisively, and only reason why we kept him on was maybe we'd be able to move his contract in some type of other deal if somebody wanted it or or whatever, um, just to to get off the books or what have you. But nope, no takers, and so he's he's gone, and that's that. We still got an asset, and we still got the second round pick. So there yeah. you go. He's a he's a little less attractive than Madison Morris's eyes nowadays. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, I I, I, I did, for her. Yeah, I did want to touch on one more thing before we talk about our winners and losers of the deadline, because I I think it's important. You know the news, and, and you know we haven't talked about this on the pod because it literally came out yesterday. And honestly, I I feel stupid for not even bringing it up. Um, Shay they announced has plantar fasciitis in his foot. And for those of you who not have plantar fasciitis, that is no joke. It is excruciating pain in your foot. If you recall, Goran Dragic had plantar fasciitis in the finals last year. And dude was trying to warm up to try to give it a go, but he literally could not overcome the pain. He was in literal tears on, mm-hmm. on the bench, you know, what during, during warm up. So like, it's no joke. And, you know, there's like Dolan said, you know, our own Dolan, he said, you know, there's been some tongue in cheek, like, oh, Shay's injured. Like, you know, we should sit him like the next 20 games, make sure he's good to go. Cause you know, it's like, oh, well that helps our, our chance to get a higher draft pick. But also like Dolan said, and he recorded a video, it, it's no secret whenever Shay's on the bench, whether he's playing or not, he's going to be one of his team's biggest cheerleaders. And I don't remember the play. I don't remember who it was he was hyped for, but Shay jumped up and down, landed flat-footed on both feet, and immediately grimaced and kind of, you, know, you could tell he was discomfort and just kind of started sheepishly clapping. So um, the other thing about plantar fasciitis, it's very easy to ag- aggravate. So I would, Maddie, I would not be shocked if this is the last, if, if the Memphis Grizzlies, not the Memphis Grizzlies, that's not who we played, who we played before the Grizzlies. I'm drawing a blank. Timberwolves, Timberwolves, of oh, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so against the Timberwolves, uh, I, I think that might have been Shea's last game of the year. And 
honestly, I hope it is. Like, I love watching dude play in basketball as much, if not more, than anybody on this earth. But, A, I want him to be 120% healthy going into the offseason because we know what Shea does in the offseason. He gets in the lab, and he improves like nobody does. And I want him to be ready for next season. But also because, obviously, if Shea's playing, it improves our chances of winning said game in this final stretch of the season it's going to be very important in terms of draft seeding i think right now we were we're projected eight on tankathon.com and you know in if you're in the middle and you're trying to make a push maybe eight helps but like we're, we're at the bottom like we're trying to start over we're trying to make big swings with those top five picks and if shay's playing and we're staying in the eight range it's not going to help out so I, for one, hope Shea is done for the year as much as it pains me to say it. It's what's best for him and what's best for our franchise. Honestly, I'm trying to get in a mindset that Shea may not be right until, like, 2022. Mm. With with just, like, so he had a, a plantar fasciitis issue as well uh, in 2015 when the Broncos went on to win the Super Bowl. Now, as a quarterback, yes, you do kind of step into passes and stuff, but you're not running and cutting and utilizing a lot, putting as much torque on your feet as an NBA player does. As the point handles the ball and, and runs an offense. Um, it, it affects everybody differently. We don't know exactly what his recovery timeline's going to be. And I guess that we've been trying to manage uh, and work around and it just hasn't um, we haven't been able to get it figured out so we're, we're shutting him down for sure I think that he's done for the rest of this season um, your condition until it heals right like he's not going to be in basketball shape for a while after that heals he's and and who knows you know what other secondary and and third level effects they're going to be for that, it's different than say like, oh, I've got a wrist, or you can, or a hurt wrist, or broken arm, or whatever. Like you can still go run, you can keep up your endurance and all those things. You're not really doing a lot of that, you know, planner. <laughs> maybe you're swimming a lot. Maybe you can he can get in the water and and do do those things. But yeah, so I I'm tempering my expectation that we see him. You know, like if there are Christmas Day games, <laughs> like maybe he'll play in that. But I, I don't I don't really know what that recovery timeline's look like specifically. One thing I'm excited about, Tao Maladon's gonna get all the green of all green lights to mm-hmm. to do things. We're gonna see Poku. Kenrich Williams is gonna get to run and affect the offense a lot. Like there's still a lot that's gonna be fun over the course of the last third of the season. Yeah. As we're wrapping up here, even without Shea in the lineup. So I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun uh, watching some of these other guys have more responsibility. This would have been a great opportunity for Han <laughs> um, mm-hmm. to, to get some serious run and alls, but he's gone to Detroit now. So yeah, that that's kind of where we sit as far as the Shea situation, any other uh, angles that you want to take with. Um, I, I think something that's interesting interesting to me is you know we acquired austin rivers and you know i don't love austin rivers 
Uh, he doesn't really fit this organization's timeline, his the culture, anything like that. But I feel like Austin Rivers in the lead guard role can't help your team win basketball games. So I wouldn't be mad to see him there is all I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, I could go either way. I can go I can go either way on Austin Rivers. I mean, he's he can be he could he could score in bunches and all those things, but oh, I mean, his he's what on a 3-year deal left and the ladders are non-guaranteed. Is that correct? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, last two are non-guaranteed. So, and this this one's like a it isn't it like three million or something? It doesn't matter. Yeah. We could easily like buy him out with the non guaranteed years and just, you know, move on. So. See, I, I, I just feel like, you know, we don't buy people out usually. Like we bought Kyle Singler out. I feel like that was a special circumstance. Like we gave him like a long look and then it's like, okay, man, wait, we can't do this no more. But you know, other than that, like historically, we don't really buy players out. So that's why I'm just sitting here like, I don't know, maybe he gets some run, but I could be wrong. Yeah, Maddie, let's get into our winners and losers at this trade deadline. Um, you, let's go ahead and start with you, if that's all right. I got to say, if anybody won, um, this, this may be controversial depending on who you talk to. The Chicago Bulls, I think, were winners today. They were able to pair another all-star with uh, with Levine. They really didn't give up a bunch of their young core, uh, depending on how you feel about Wendell Carter Jr. But so they were able to get Vucevic in this deal from the from the Magic, and I thought that the Magic were going to get a little bit more, maybe a lot more than that for Nikola Vucevic or Vucevic, as uh, as Kendrick Perkins called him or whatever. Uh, <laughs> But the the Bulls were able to do that without giving up Markinen, without giving up White. They they still have Levine, you know, on on the roster. Um, they still have Patrick Williams on the roster. Like they're gonna be a solid team out east and a solid team that can grow. I'm really really excited to watch Vucevic and Levine in the two man game, pick and roll, pick and pop. They can operate very similarly to how Murray and Jokic operate. Maybe a, a, a poor man's uh, Jokic and Murray, but still like what they do out in Denver. So it's going to be a lot of fun for, for Billy Donovan to utilize a big man that's that skilled offensively. He, didn't, he honestly hasn't had that since he's been an NBA head coach. So um, it's, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. I think the Bulls made the absolute best move of the day. Yeah, for sure. And then they got uh, got Daniel Tice to boot. Um, they got Troy Brown Jr. Just had to give up mm-hmm. Chandler Hutchinson and uh, Daniel Gafford. Um, mm-hmm. They got back Troy, back Troy Brown Jr. and Mo Wagner, and then they traded Mo Wagner, or Wagner, Wagner, whatever you want to call him. Uh, they Wagner. Him- <laughs> Mo Wagner. They traded him back for Daniel Tice. So, um I like Troy Brown Jr.'s game. Like, I don't know if he – like, they talk like he's not going to get a lot of run this year, but, like, he's he's got something to him. And, I, and you know, if he gets an opportunity, like, he can he can contribute and he can develop. And Tice, you know, I mean, he's he's a guy that can space the floor, stretch the floor, coming off the bench behind Vooch. Um, you know, he's shown he's got some defensive chops. You know, I, I right there with you, man. I think the Bulls were, like, 
they were my number one winners. And, and not only all that, like, you know, you talk about like what they had to give up, but if you think about what they had to give up in addition to getting off of Otto Porter's contract, like there was people that was like, you're going to have to trade a first to get rid of Otto Porter's contract. Well, they traded Otto Porter's contract, Wendell Carter Jr., who they had given up on, like entirely given up on, and two first round picks, one of which is this year. And call me crazy, man. I think the Bulls could be like a six, seven seed in the East this year. Like, Who knows? I, like, yeah. The, the East is very top heavy. And I think that the Bulls are, you know, kind of right there, especially with Lamella going down with the Hornets. Like, they were looking promising. And now, you know, I, I think the, the middle of the East is a lot more wide open than, than it has been. And, you know, I, I think the Bulls could, you know, climb up to that six or five spot. And if that's the case, you know, the Magic, they got this pick from the Bulls, and I think they even unprotected it. But that might not even be a lottery pick. So, you know, yeah. in terms of return, like, literally this morning, uh, I think Woj tweeted that the Magic are likely to keep Nikola Vucevic unless they are presented with a substantial offer. I would not call that a substantial offer. So, um, yeah, man, Bulls Bulls are my outright winners at the deadline. There, there were a couple of uh, – I know you want to talk about, you know, a couple of winners, but um, before we talk about the loser that I think everybody can pretty much pin before we even mention it, there were some surprise non-moves that happened as well. Uh, Kyle Lowry did not get moved, and I thought that was a certainty. It was just a matter mm-hmm. of where they held on to him. So you got to think that an extension is probably likely maybe a sign and trade in the offseason with him. I don't know, but um, I don't think that Masai Ujiri is going to let him go for nothing just because he got in a, a pissing contest with with uh, the Lakers and with Pat Riley. Like, I think Masai Ujiri is better at business than that. So um Got to think that Lowry's probably going to either finish his career. It's going to be a sign and trade. He's not walking for nothing. Like Toronto still has a chance to get something for him, but I thought it was going to happen this, uh, this time around. And then uh, something, someone nobody really talked about all day, John Collins, like he did not, he wasn't mentioned all day. And I thought that he was going to be a really hot commodity with his contract coming up for a team to, to swoop in and get his bird rights and all those things. And it just has not happened either. So um the Hawks did trade away uh, Rondo, so yeah. I guess like that's a move. But, oh, yeah, the Clippers and they got their point guard to shape everything up. Oh yeah, and, and Lemon Pepper lose going to Magic City. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, but I was I was really shocked that those that those moves did not happen. Yeah, I uh, you know this morning I backtracked and listened to like a lot of like athletic NBA show, Ringer NBA show, Low Post, Woj Pie, Hoop Collective. Like I backtracked and listened like the past few days, and honestly, in the past couple of days, a lot of them kind of had the feeling that John Collins was not going to get moved, just because you know ever since Lloyd Pierce had been fired and they went on this run with Nate McMillan, like John Collins has been a big part of that. And, you know, he's a great player. And in terms of getting value back for a player of that caliber, you're not going to get value back when he has a $5 million, $4.5 million contract, whatever it was. Um, Mm -hmm. So if they are going to move on from John Collins, it might be the sign and trade variety in the offseason. Or, you know, he he just walks from nothing or 
maybe he just, you know, they pay him what he wants and he stays there. I mean, he's, he's a good player. He's a productive player. There's, you know, a little bit to be desired on the defensive end, but you, you can't question his offensive acumen. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think Atlanta, you know, kind of wants to keep Collins around uh, for the Trey Young era and I don't blame him. So, um, in terms of my, well, you, you took my outright winner, but I, I did have a second and third. And uh, my second is Denver Nuggets, man. You know, there's a lot of talk about the Celtics, you know, pretty much like it's it's in the bag. They're getting Aaron Gordon. Um, there was talk about the Rockets being a discussion and the Blazers being a discussion. And then the Nuggets just kind of came up out of nowhere. And they were able to acquire good young talent without giving up Michael Porter Jr. That's a big W for them. Um, they didn't have to give up Bowl Bowl, which, you know, I, th- I think they offered him for Alonzo Ball um, in a trade at one point that, that, that was reported. So they didn't have to give up him. They got rid of Gary Harris and his contract. And Gary Harris just has not been the same player in the past few years uh, since he signed that contract. RJ Hampton, who's kind of an unproven rookie, wing player which you know you have a million wing players um and and you're getting a wing player with Aaron Gordon and uh one first round pick um so I I don't think they had to give up a lot they were able to you know kind of keep their core players and they was able to get back a productive player in Aaron Gordon who can do a little bit of I don't want to say can do everything on offense he could do a little bit of everything he could do some shooting he could do some handling he's a great passer for his position uber athletic i want to see a Jokic, aaron gordon pick and roll stat and he gives you a lot of versatility defensively um you know there was obviously a big hole when jeremy grant decided to leave in the off season mm-hmm. and all season the question's always been like what are they going to do to address that need and aaron gordon is they hope is the answer for addressing that need the thing is he does he does a little bit of everything but he is him and, and, and Grant are, you know, even for what Grant did and brought to Denver last year, really different specialties, right? Grant mm-hmm. pick and chooses his spots and would shoot threes when, when he needed to and all that stuff and amazing on, on weak side help kind of taking some of the pressure off of Jokic and, and allowing the perimeter defenders to be a little more aggressive because he would help cover some of that stuff up. I fully expect Gordon to have to step into that role. And he's really, you know, it's not like Vucevic is, is a world beater at center. So, I mean, very, very comparable there as far as uh, defensive prowess, if you're looking, you know, Vucevic mm-hmm. and Jokic. Um, so what he was asked to do to help cover up things at the four spot, probably very similar, although up to a significant degree especially when we start getting into the playoffs and the rotation shrink and all those things. Um, the, the real loser there for me, I think is, is uh, Porter jr. And I mean, he needs the ball and he needs the ability to develop. And it's almost like, you know, you're, you're going to be fourth fiddle behind, behind those other three guys at times. And, and I think, I think Gordon, you know, he's a, a fairly high usage player, and he, he utilizes a lot of volume to, to get those numbers up. There's a reason why he's been kind of given the moniker of, you know, a, a high score on a bad team. It'll be, it'll be cool to see him in an environment that he can actually thrive with, you know, two legit all-star 
uh, superstar caliber players there that operate well. And he's just kind of sliding into that system. So we'll see. But I, I think the Nuggets absolutely had to do something. The Jazz looked nearly unbeatable uh, at times, but then, you know, they I think they're 500 in their last 10 games or something like that. Um, the Clippers, we know what they are. The Lakers, you know, that it's like seeing the Russian bleed in Rocky Four. Uh, with with LeBron and his high ankle sprain and we've got the brow and his health issues so like now is the absolute time for the Nuggets to swing for the fences and get another guy to put him over the over the top and arguably they got the best guy that made sense for their team who was available at the deadline yeah for sure and I I don't know I I think I disagree with you in terms of like the offensive uh, pecking order I think I think honestly, a lot of games, MPJ kind of comes second to Jokic, like above Murray in a lot of games in terms of like, you know, offensive touches because he's such a good scorer and he doesn't give you a lot elsewhere in terms of defense or playmaking mm-hmm. or anything like that. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I will say that Porter Jr. and Murray are probably the best guard and wing that Gordon's got to play alongside. Like, he's been spoiled playing Vucevic. Like you said, you know, uh, there's some similarities there with Jokic, but um, huge upgrade on the guard and wing spot with Murray and Porter Jr. So I'm happy for him there. Um, You know, we each kind of picked our winners, but I do just want to give a shout-out to the Celtics. I know a lot of people are kind of – you know, poo-pooing what they did because they didn't make one of these big swings. You know, they was rumored for Gordon. Uh, people wanted Busevich, Harrison Barnes. They, you know, they wanted all these kinds of players. But um, adding Evan Fournier and getting back um, Mo Wagner for two seconds and Daniel Tice, I feel like that's a pretty big W for the Celtics. Like you get somebody that was shoot that was scoring twenty points a game in Orlando. Um, he's not going to have as big of a role offensively in Boston, but he can do a little bit of ball handling. He's, as we said, he's the scorer and he's the guy that can space the floor for, you know, your young wings and Brown and Tatum. So I really like the fit there. And Mo Wagner, you know, he's, he's a young sitter who can also space the floor, maybe give you some defensive versatility, um, you know, possibly even closing games, you know, if it comes down to it. So I really like what the Celtics did there with those. Yeah, I mean, it's they had to do something. They needed to get, they needed to get another guy that can be a microwave scorer for sure. They could use somebody on the wing. Um, I, I think they asked an awful lot out of Brown and Tatum, and they're going to need another guy that can help shoulder some of that. He can create for himself or others too. He's not just like a one-dimensional type of score. He's you know he can score you know where from wherever. So that's a really solid pickup for for two seconds, but. It's a thing like Ainge is always close. Oh, I was so, so close, man. I was so close, bro. I almost made that move. It's like, yeah, but, but you didn't. You know, it's like, it's like the, it's like a, what, um, Billy Madison. No, 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 you didn't. Yeah. You can imagine what it would have been like if we did, man. Like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, that's, that's Ainge to a T. So I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I can definitely, understand the frustration from Celtics fans everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, shout out to, uh, to Snotty Drippin, a uh, f- uh, friend of the pod as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Don't get me started on Billy Madison quotes, Maddie. I will not get you off this phone call. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, 
Well, Maddie, we talked about a couple winners, and you know, there the case could be made for Portland getting Norm Powell, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry Trent Jr., and um, uh, Rodney Hood. Um, you know, a Clipper fan might try to convince you that you know they won getting rid of Lou Williams and getting back Rondo. Like you know, um, there's a lot of objectivity in you know the winners. Um, I think we outlined them, but. There's no objectivity when it comes to who the losers of the trade deadline was. Uh-huh. The biggest – well, biggest loser, right? There are other teams that yeah. didn't quite – you know, maybe they didn't do anything at all and they we were hoping that they would. Uh, like the, the Wizards, really, they did mm-hmm. something, but it was like kind of ho-hum. Like, <laughs> it was just like, eh. You know, I, I saw it and I was like, cool, refresh. Um the, the biggest losers happened at the very, very end. Like, actually, after the buzzer, like, the shot was up when yeah. the buzzer went off and it just didn't go through the, the net. Logo at the buzzer. <laughs> like, uh, Victor Oladipo for a bag of chips and a pamphlet, a, a, you know, a, a comp night stay at a hotel in South Beach. Like, it's not – they didn't get nearly what I thought that they were going to get for Victor Oladipo. Sending him to Miami, man, like – like would it, it's rough <laughs> it's it's really rough and i'm still trying to understand what that swap actually is so they got a they got a swap uh the rockets got a swap from the heat is that a 2022 I, first I round pick swap 2022 yeah so like yeah i guess like that's cool but like nothing really else of consequence yeah, they got Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and as you just said, the 2022 first-round pick swap. And the Heat are looking like they'll be pretty good. They got some cap space to go make a run at one of the big free agents. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe they pry Kawhi Leonard from L.A. It's not impossible. Um, oh, that would hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, as somebody who has future Heat picks, it would hurt my feelings as well. Um, but no, man, like – you know, I talked about, you know, there's objectivity in who you think the winners is. There's a lot of people think the Heat won the deadline getting Nemanja Bielitsa and Victor Oladipo, and that case could be made. I'm not as high on Oladipo as a lot of other people are. Oh, and, and possibly getting Lamarck Soldridge, who's been bought mm-hmm. out by the Spurs. Um, most, that's the most likely that, that we're hearing right now as a pod is yeah. going to Miami. Yeah, he's like the most likely suitor. I think Portland's in there too. But, yeah, it's, it's looking like the Heat. Um I don't know, man. Vic just hasn't shown me a lot this year. Like, he started out hot like he does, but he, he got hurt like he does. He came back, and he wasn't the same. Then he started to f- show flashes, and he got hurt again. Like, it, it's just more of the same Victor Oladipo's career. And, you know, if you're Miami, and, and that's all it takes to try out Victor Oladipo, don't blame you at all. But I'm not saying, like, this makes you a finals contender. Like, I think you're, like, you're, you're definitely under the Nets, probably under the Sixers, probably under the Bucks still. You're, you're kind of in that four range still. So, um, I, I don't think it changes much in terms of the hierarchy of the East. And think about this, Maddie. OKC got more for George Hill. Then the Houston Rockets got for Victor Oladipo. <laughs> and they chose Oladipo over Jarrett Allen and Karis Levert. Karis- like they could have had they could have had both of those guys. Like here's this is just what it comes down to. Maybe, maybe they're the winners. 
Maybe they're the winners of this thing because they are better at tanking than we are. They are a hundred percent better at, at losing than we are. Yeah. They, they have figured out how to lose. They won 20 or they, excuse me. Well, yeah. They won 20, they won 20 games in a row <laughs> by taking an L like it's, it's unreal to me how quickly they were able to fall off. We're literally like my son I think Sam Presti is going to suit my son up for the next game uh, in the starting lineup. And I think we still might get the W like it's, it's unreal. The young, uh, what was it? Uh, Cone pushed out uh, the thunders average starting lineup was younger than the Sooners. Mm-hmm. That is stupid. And <laughs> we're still winning games. Yeah. So obviously they're in the tank. Um, you know, Bradley and Olenek aren't changing that at all. Uh, obviously we know what Wall's bringing to the table. Poor Silas, man. Like the guy waited his whole life for this job and he's just so dejected. I feel for him. I really do feel for him. Um, and I do feel for all Houston sports fans because they're, they're going through it right now, but man, that's, that's tough. Karis LeVert is a, 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 he's a star. Curious you know, he could be a border. Christian Wood and Jarrett Allen would have been a fun three-man tandem. For sure. For sure. Um, and it just didn't come to fruition. And it doesn't I, – I know, like, even when the trade happened, it was like, oh, they got Victor Oladipo so, so they can potentially flip him for something else. I, I'm, I'm like, you flipped him for nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And, and, but see, the funny thing is they try to extend him and he's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. And, and so like, he's basically betting on himself this year in Miami because he, he thought he was going to get moved and then he, he's going to go elsewhere. And Miami's got all flexibility in the world. They could bring him back and do whatever against the cap. And that's fine. They still got Duncan Robinson and all those things to figure out. But like Miami's doing like, just look at the two franchises, Miami, bringing in talent has flexibility, all these other things. And the Rockets, they chose poorly. So definitely the, definitely the losers of the deadline. I, uh, I expected much, much more out of them. Yeah. Um, It's it's important to give context here because, you know, you talk about how they're better at tanking than us. And I know Andrew Schleckin down and Dunk have talked about this Um, because I mean, I I still get to, asked about it on Twitter all the time. Like the Rockets got to stop losing games. Like, you know, they're ruining our chance of getting our pick because our picks top four protect or their picks top four protected. And if it's out of the top four, then we get it. Well, if you look at tankathon.com, you go to draft pick odds. I think there's like a 47% chance if Houston gets the worst record in the league that, or, or if it, basically anybody if anybody has the worst record in the league there's like a 47 percent chance no it's a 43 percent chance that's what it is 43 percent chance that they get picked number five mm-hmm. which is the highest it's the highest and that's the that's the lowest i think that they could fall yeah that's, that's the absolute lowest they could fall and i think if you add up the chances of getting pick four pick three pick two and pick one it equals 47 percent chance so there's almost an equally good chance that they get pick five than they do pick number one for all their troubles and this 20 game losing streak getting Oladipo for nothing and you know just just really like just becoming a skid mark in the NBA this year like 
all of that could be for nothing. All of this could happen and they still, and they get pick number five and it goes to OKC and they have nothing to show for it. And I wouldn't be mad about it. (laughs) Well, I mean, so the top five is really where you want to be, right? Like six is kind of, is it Scotty Barnes season Scotty at Barnes, six? And I, I just I I don't see it. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I I don't I don't understand why everybody's on. I think it's because it's the smart guy pick and it's trendy to pick somebody from that school and yeah and kind of mm-hmm. I just I don't see it. Um guys like uh what was it, Jalen Johnson and B uh BJ Boston, like those guys kind of fell off. We thought that there might've been seven or fell off. (laughs) like Boston was in that conversation of like, Oh, there might be eight franchise changing guys in this draft. There's really only there's five, like it ends at five. Mm -hmm. And that last person's probably going to be green. If I had to guess, maybe, I I don't know. It's, it's whatever you like, but um, Mobley Suggs, obviously Cunningham green and Kaminga, like any of those five are great. And we could add any of those guys to what we're doing here. You want to be in the top five. Those are the guys that are going to move the needle. That's not to say there can't be a superstar somewhere else in this draft, but the odds are, are not as high, obviously. And you can check out Stephen Dolan's work on that. But um, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be able to sleep the, the night before the draft lottery anyway, just be, just because, right. Um, but the fifth pick is where we want to be. And that's like the best pick that the Rockets give us. And so if the Rockets are the worst team in basketball, we have the best potential odds of getting the pick that we want. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. And like, well, yeah, you alluded to it, like draft lottery night or draft lottery Eve, I should say, you know, the night before mm-hmm. draft lottery. Man, that pff, draft lottery is gonna be wild, dude. <laughs> this has to be like I, I was gonna I was gonna write a piece about this, and I still might. Like, but this year's draft lottery could literally shape like the next generation of the NBA. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's it, it's gonna be wild. And um, does yeah. does Cade does Cade go? Do they like the Timberwolves get back to back ones and send Cade out out to Minnesota? Right. Does Cade does Cade get sent to Detroit and really change them? And you know, maybe they got something going with him and Bay and Grant and and they move forward. Do the Rockets get bailed out from all of their bad mm-hmm. decisions? And now they have this superstar potential face of the league. Uh, you know, a guy that can carry the mantle after Braun's gone and all that stuff. Like, you know, or do the Thunder get lucky? And this is the this is the best case scenario. We miss out. Say we miss out and we get to jump ahead of the Rockets. Say we get the Rocket. Say we get the first pick, mm-hmm. and the Rockets were the worst team, and that kicks the Rockets back, and the Rockets end up sliding to five because we jump up. It'd be ridiculous, dude. If we get pick number one and pick number five, like, well, we should do a segment on a later podcast, like when we have other people, and like we should just be like, this is the outlandish thing I'm gonna do if we get two top five draft picks yeah yeah because like i mean i i I won't be able to contain myself i I might it's gonna be hard for me not to go frank the tank yeah i might have i'm i don't know if i'm gonna completely go streaking but frank the tank might make an appearance 
Oh my God, dude. And that, but that's a legit timeline. Yeah. Right. Especially, especially with what the Rockets just did, they potentially could be the worst team in basketball. Mm-hmm. And then if they get kicked all the way back to five, somebody, that means somebody jumped in. And, Why not us? Yeah. And, and I think it's important, you know, as we kind of start to wrap this up, um, you know, the first of the year, it was like, we wasn't trying to tank. Like this was not something that we were actually trying to do, but we, the, we still aren't. Well, after the all-star break, you started to see, as we said, you know, Moose getting DMPCDs, Horford resting on not just second nights of back-to-backs, Shea missing a game here, missing a game there. Now he's in, out, you know, probably indefinitely for the season. Like, you're, you're starting to see, like, you know, when we're starting Ty Jerome, Poku, Moses Brown, like three guys that were in the G League bubble. Like, it's not studs. a lack of trying. <laughs> three studs. I mean, hey, I, I love I love all three of them, but you know, yeah. call it what it is. They were in the G League bubble a couple weeks ago, so ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I would, I would, I'm expecting more, more games like the Memphis Grizzlies game, and. Uh. Honestly, you know, it's that's kind of what we wanted, like, going into the year. Like, you know, everybody's like, you know, what's your ideal Thunder season? I was like, lose every game by one point. Like, you know, you had the worst record in the league. You have your best chances at a top-five pick. But also, like, you're right there in the thick of it. Your young guys are developing. Your young guys are showing up. Like, Lou Dort showing up. Maladon showing up. Poku showing up. Shea was showing up. Like, you, and Ty Jerome, Sfim, Luke, like, all these guys are showing up, stepping up. And that's fine. And if we win because of that, that's great for development. Like, I'm not going to poo-poo a win because, you know, our young guys go off and, you know, they they do something awesome. But more often than not, we're not going to have the dogs to go out and win those kinds of games. And, you know, so be it. Like, they're getting that development, you know, nonetheless. It's just – you know, the outcome is a little bit different and it helps us out in the future. So, uh, you know, I've been, I've been treating this season like a movie, like, you know, I don't care what happens. I don't care if we win or lose. I just want to be entertained. I want to, I want to watch these young guys do something awesome. I want to watch these young guys grow and develop right before my eyes. And, you know, I don't care what that final box score says. I just want to be entertained. So I'm looking for an entertaining second half of the season. And, and here's another thing real quick, uh, just to touch on, on Horford for two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, he's totally on board with how they're resting him and, and when they're playing him. He said that they're managing it absolutely well, uh, saying that it's very similar to, to uh, like a lockout type of schedule, mm-hmm. a very condensed schedule. So he, I, think, I think he's appreciative that we're not trying to push him out every game and he's getting a chance to rest and prolong his career. I mean, he obviously didn't move. Right. So we're going to be able to rest him a ton from here on out. We're not showcasing him for anyone. Uh, potentially all that stuff can happen in the draft or offseason, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like a guy who potentially could have been, I say potentially just because he's a veteran who's used to playing a lot of minutes um, and having a big role. Like he's not going to rock the boat. He's going to be a great teammate. He's kind of on board with what we're doing, too. So that I think that speaks to the, the organization and the culture that we built also because I don't think every organization would be able to make that, make that work. Um, and, and so there, there we are. I, 
for the people that are like, oh, maybe, you know, slight chance that Horford gets bought out. No, we're, we're not buying him out. <laughs> he's going to be, he's with us uh, for, for the foreseeable future. So um, that, that's great there. And, and hopefully, you know, uh, yeah, we do lose a few more games while allowing our young guys to develop. But you say young guys, and there literally is nothing else but young guys on our mm-hmm. roster. So uh, that's pretty much where we stand. Yep, for sure, man. It's going to be a wild ride. And, you know, hope, we hope you guys are right here with us as we, mm-hmm. we can go through it, man. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Maddie, thank you for coming on, taking time away. Um, if you Word. Guys, uh, if you guys see Maddie Mules in the timeline, shout him out at Maddie Mules Pod. Tell him congratulations on the new baby boy, the the new Shay, as we call yeah. boys in the unit. So congratulations yeah, for him, and you know, wish him well on the, his sleeping habits. Yeah, pour pour one out for my sleeping habits. Just like you know, when you're all cozy in your bed and you roll over, you know, from oh man, I've only slept eight hours. I think I can hit ten. Like just just think of me as you're like rolling over and throwing that blanket <laughs> over your shoulder and digging in a little deeper on your pillow. Um, just, you know, maybe say a prayer for me, but that's all right. Absolutely. Dang, I went the whole pod without saying absolutely. I'm, I'm trying so hard (laughs) to get better. And I'm out and I got my drink done, man. I can't take a shot. That's unfortunate. Uh, Ah, there you go. The topic under drinking game is over, but guys, appreciate y'all for listening. Hope you guys have a great night. God bless. Wear a mask, wash your hands, get vaccinated and don't forget. Thunder. Thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.